we're going to continue to see more and more benefit from this. Um, now that the build is substantially complete, we're really starting to be able to use it. So we're, we're just now really seeing the benefits from it. Welcome to episode 433 of the Community Broadband Bits podcast. This is Rye Marcatilio-McCracken here at the Institute for Local Self-Reliance. Today, Christopher talks with Stacy Cantrell, Vice President of Engineering at Huntsville Utilities in Alabama. Huntsville is a large metro area, and Huntsville Utilities serves well beyond the city boundaries. Their municipal electric department built a major network that gets close to every house within the city limits. Providers, of which Google will be the first, can lease that network and attach homes to it. But Huntsville Utilities also uses that network for internal services, bringing value to those living in the city. Stacy shares with Christopher that they just finished the project and would do it again given the benefits they are seeing. Now here's Christopher talking with Stacy. Welcome to another episode of the Community Broadband Bits podcast. I'm Christopher Mitchell at the Institute for Local Self-Reliance in St. Paul, Minnesota. Speaking today with Stacy Cantrell, the Vice President of Engineering at Huntsville Utilities. Welcome back to the show, Stacy. Thanks, Chris. Glad to be back. I think we talked to you many years ago. I'm sure it seems like a lifetime ago when you were starting this project. And now I'm very excited to to get a sense. Uh, in the email, I joke that I, I know it's not over. These things always have something that wraps on. Um, but uh, if you don't mind, tell us a little bit about Huntsville to start and what you're doing down there. Okay. Well, I've I've been in Huntsville for uh, about 25 years. And uh, it's a, it's a great place. If you haven't been to Huntsville, it's a great place to visit. Um, a lot of growth has continued in Huntsville, even when other areas have slowed down. So um, if, you, if you haven't seen us in the news, in recent news, um, Smart Asset listed us as uh, number two in places for career opportunities during the, the pandemic. Uh, and uh, business facilities has listed us as number one best climate for small business. So, um, you know, we continue to, to move along and thrive. Um, Huntsville is actually the county seat of Madison County, so we are lucky to be surrounded by uh, equally fun and, uh, and productive areas. So within a 50-mile radius, we have about 1.2 million people. Um, Huntsville has access to state parks. Uh, we've got a, a very active land trust, so there's a lot of um, hiking and mountain biking and, and outdoor activities to do around here. Uh, also very um, thriving arts and entertainment um, and uh, outdoor venues are becoming very popular, um, outdoor um, music and other entertainment. And uh, uh, we've got a lot of microbreweries popping up and local coffee shops. So it's, it's just a, a fun place to just be and, and live and, and walk around. Uh, we're um, certainly known as a, as a thriving technical community. Yes, a very advanced technical community. <laughs> right, right. In fact, I've, I've heard, um, and I didn't verify this stat, but I've, I've heard that we have one of the highest um, concentrations of PhDs. So uh, uh, when you see folks walking around here, um, they are rocket scientists. Right. <laughs> um, a, lot, a lot of them are. Um, but we, we've got uh, great education um, institutions here. Uh, University of Alabama Huntsville is here. University of Alabama uh, A&M, Oakwood College, uh, just to, to name a few. Um, so there's a lot of um, educational opportunities here. Redstone Arsenal is here. Uh, Werner Von Braun's offices were here back in the day. So still a very, um, uh, very significant uh, uh, space um, presence here. So it's, it's just a very 
diverse and and fun place to be. And, and Huntsville Utilities is serves, I think, if I remember um, from reading recently, about 105,000 households and roughly 200,000 people, I think. So the metro is quite large, but in Huntsville, it's obviously one of the larger cities that has a municipal network, but there's quite a bit of growth around it then, more than I'd realized. Sure, sure. Yeah, it's it's Huntsville's not sitting here by itself. Um, you know, there are other uh, uh, dense and thriving areas right around us. Um, so the 105,000 number um, that you remember from our Google contract. Oh, okay. We, we actually serve um, more like 200,000 electric customers. Um, so we're the you we are the um, electric, water, and gas utility in Huntsville. Those three footprints are, are a little different. Uh, they're not all the, the same. So <laughs> <laughs> Of course, why would it be too easy? That would be too easy. Yeah. Electric, we serve all of Madison County. So we have more electric customers um, uh, than anything. And there are, I believe, over 200,000 people in, um, in uh, actually in Huntsville uh, projected right now. We've got a little bit smaller gas and water footprints. They're more lined up with the city limits, but not exactly. Uh, and then our fiber is is basically to serve um, all of our utility needs. So it, it can pretty well follow uh, the electric footprint. Okay. The, let's talk about the fiber then. Um, you have a, a model that uh, was was quite innovative. Um, there's there's people whose feelings are hurt if there's if it's a claim that you were the first to do this. So let's let's say that that you iterated on a model that a few had used, uh, in which you are the owning the network and um, and then you've built out to near a lot of your meters, but not actually to them. You build um, in the neighborhood, and then that can be extended to the line by Google, uh, but. But give us a sense, as you were contemplating that investment, what was the the network fully envisioned to be used for? As you said, it, it seems like almost a lifetime ago that we were talking about this. And uh, and certainly it's been some, some long years. But um, at, at that point, before we launched our initiative with Google, um, we had been building a substantial amount of fiber, uh, really just with our uh, electric um, system, our, our electric employees and a couple of guys that had learned how to splice. So um, uh, we were trying to get to our substations, to our water plants, to different facilities. We had started working or had been working with uh, the city of Huntsville to get to a lot of their facilities. So uh, we had about 100 miles of fiber that, um, that, that were being used by different um, uh, people in Huntsville Utilities and the government. And uh, knew that it was time to put some structure around that, and uh, that okay, we are seriously in the fiber business now. We need to we need to act like it. So uh, we were also getting overwhelmed with uh, requests to get dark fiber to different facilities, both by the city, uh, somewhat from the county, um, certainly internally. Um, as we start to have you know uh, bigger and better security systems and camera systems and things like that, um, and we want to connect those in with with fiber, um, so uh, we we took a step back and we were trying to figure out what's the best way to build this out strategically. And it's um, as as most people know a very expensive asset to build. Um, so we needed to plan carefully how we were going to use our our funds and. Uh, about that time, uh, Google approached us, or actually approached um, the city of Huntsville, 
uh, with wanting to do a very substantial lease from us. So that really gave us a big influx of cash to help build this, um, to build this network. So um, it really worked well. We've, um, it, it's, it's been a painful build and, and at first it was because it takes a while before you get it to a point where you can really start leveraging it. Um, but we've been able to put more and more of, of our Huntsville Utilities facilities on this network. We've been able to put more and more of the city's facilities on the network from uh, from traffic cabinets, bus stations, just different administrative buildings, um, you know, of a, a variety of things uh, for the city. So that that's really, we've gotten to a point now that we've uh, we finished that initial Google build. We can really leverage the the asset that's out there, and we're we're just we're doing that every day, connecting up more and more things. So it's exciting to see what we're going to do with that. I'm surprised to hear you say that the the fiber is expensive, given all the other things you do. And and so let me ask, uh, you know, if you're building um, out to a new subdivision, for instance, that was being built, wouldn't fiber actually be the cheapest of all the infrastructures that you were extending? As far as the actual cost. The fiber cable itself is fairly expensive, um, but you're right. The the fiber build probably is not that much more expensive than building electric or, or water or gas when you consider all of the uh, the effort that goes into the trenching and the cost of the pipe and all that. Um, it's it's probably in line with electric, uh, maybe maybe more expensive than water or gas uh, since there just aren't as many parts there. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, one of the things that happen, and most utilities know this, um, developers usually contribute um, in aid and construction to, to help offset the cost. Um, we that's that's not done in this case. Um, the fiber is really uh, part of our system for our use, so we pay for the all of the construction of that. So to us, it's more expensive because it's not immediately offset by a contribution. Um, now, you know, we do recover our costs over time uh, by, by leasing those services and in the value that it provides to the utilities in, in not having to lease services from other providers um, and in the, the value that we get out of um, uh, the, the different systems that we put on there, our SCADA systems, security systems, um, backup, you know, connecting our, our two data centers together and that sort of thing. That's really useful to know how how that works for your accounting. Um, I was just speaking with someone from uh, Lee Brown from uh, Irwin Utilities in um, Northeastern Tennessee. And he was mentioning all the benefits they're getting from their fiber for the water system, which I feel like five years ago, we weren't really seeing the fiber as useful for water utilities. And and so it just made me want to ask, are you seeing a lot of benefits with having built this fiber network for the, um, when you attach water system to it? So we do. Um, in fact, our, our water plants and boosters are uh, one of the primary things that we want to um, to connect up to the fiber. And mainly that's for SCADA. So we can monitor levels and pumping and, and that sort of thing. So uh, water is our water system is definitely a, a heavy user and, and benefactor of the fiber system. Before I forget, I'll, I'll make one other comment about cost. The other thing that makes this uh, seem more expensive is it's just a matter of scale. You know, we've Hmm. built our electric systems, you know, over time, a little bit at a time. And then uh, all of a sudden we, we launched to build, um, you know, 1100 miles of fiber network, um, uh, you know, partly overhead, partly underground. So it's more compressed. 
So uh, it's, a, it's a larger capital outlay at one time, whereas our other systems are, are just gradually built. So it, 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 it makes a difference. <laughs> yes. Yeah. The inheritance and, uh, and the next generation will, will not think of the fiber as being nearly as expensive as you do, I'm sure. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, so regarding where, do the, where does the fiber go? Is it following your entire electric footprint over time um, or where is it today and where is it going? So our, our ultimate goal would be to have it follow all of the electric system and actually even more than the electric system. Some of, uh, of course, even our, our water and gas facilities or other facilities, they, they also have are connected to the electric system. So uh, ultimately, um, it, would, it would completely follow the electric system. Um, we have built out, uh, substantially built out city of Huntsville. And, and that's because that was our agreement with Google um, was to to build out that part of it. Now, um, as far as expanding beyond that, uh, you know, we, we talk about that. Um, I think we're all a little bit tired and, and kind of want to regroup before we kick off any, any other large build. But uh, certainly we'd like to get uh, more out into the county uh, to get to our uh, other facilities that we have out into the county. And as we start to, uh, to, to have more and more smart devices um, you know, certainly we want to have a, a further reach. Um, it, it's also played a, a big role in our AMI system, which does cover our whole county. But, uh, you know, there's, there's significantly more build if we want to cover our whole footprint. Now, how are, how are different entities using it? Uh, you mentioned already the city's using it. We know that Google is uh, leasing the entirety of it or close to it. Um, but how, what have you heard from others uh, in terms of their interest? So um, others, as far as other um, other utilities or other potential customers. Actually, I'm really curious about anyone that wants to give you money to use the fiber in any capacity. <laughs> so if you want to break that down a little bit, I'd be. I'm just curious because I imagine there's probably some. You know, I don't know if Verizon or others want to use it to get to their small cells or things like that. Sure, sure, and and it's certainly available for that. And uh, uh, we've had a variety of different companies um, call and inquire. And a, a lot of that is, uh, is under NDA. So I, I won't go into um, who or to what extent mm-hmm. we're having those discussions. But, um, but just a reminder, we're, we lease dark fiber. So uh, that's all we do. We give you a pipeline from here to there. So um, we've learned that that's um, uh, not always attractive. Um, you know, some folks don't want to pay for that um, huge pipeline. They would rather just lease some bandwidth. And we're not in a position to do that right now. So it's it's really offering some smaller businesses more than what they really need and more than they need to pay for. But we've had larger customers that they are interested in leasing you know, one, two fibers, uh, point to point. Um, maybe they want to be on our backbone ring, which uh, somewhat circles the city and um, connects our six different huts together. So uh, um, entities can lease co-location space from us and put equipment in those huts. Uh, they can lease the whole ring and have equipment in multiple huts uh, and, you know, provide some redundancy. Um, so it's really larger type users that, that we probably can best serve right now. Um, and, and we do see a lot of interest in that. For, for people to have an idea, does that mean like Fortune 500 companies, Fortune 100 companies, or just ISPs? Or like what kind of entity would we be interested in that? So um, certainly, you know, data centers would be interested um, Certainly anybody that wanted to do small cell would need fiber. Now they, they may opt to, to use fiber they already have. 
um, or certainly leasing from us is an option. So, uh, so they're just options and we're just starting to see um, uh, small cell really emerge in Huntsville. So um, it'll be interesting to see how that actually, actually pans out. Um, but with the city, you know, again, it's, it's just a pipeline for them um, to connect different, uh, all their different facilities back to their data centers, um, to, to have backup data centers, um, that sort of thing. And, and I think that's what other folks are using it for, too, just to, it, it's, a, it's a nice web of a network. If you've got a lot of things to connect, it's, uh, it's um, very useful for you. Yes, and I would expect that we'll see more of that as people figure out how to. It's always a little bit of a learning curve, even for knowledgeable folks. I want to I want to talk a little bit about um, how things went in terms of your expectations versus things you might give advice to others if they're contemplating something like this. Uh, one of the things I wanted to note was a quote that I'd found from uh, Mayor Tommy Battle when this was being started, um, because when a utility makes this kind of investment, often there's a storyline or an expectation that it's a community that is poorly served by existing providers. And nobody said that about Huntsville. Um, Huntsville was already fairly well served by the standards of United States cities. Um, and he said, uh, if Huntsville is to remain a technological leader in this hyper-connected global world, we must be able to offer broadband access that can accommodate the growing demands of business, research institution, entrepreneurs, residents, and public safety. And I think more cities have that or are developing that mentality now. Uh, but I'm curious, you know, as you were, are you where you'd hoped you would be uh, in terms of all of this work, these three long years? <laughs> um, you know, have they been worth it? Uh, yeah, they've, they've been worth it. So uh, uh, people often ask, you know, would you do this again? And, and yes, I, I, I would say we would do this again. Um, this has been good for Huntsville Utilities. It's good for Huntsville in the area. Um, you know, we are, we're going to continue to see more and more benefit from this. Um, now that the build is substantially complete, um, we're really starting to be able to use it. So we're, we're just now really seeing the benefits from it. You know, there's been a lot of work these past three or so years, three to four years. Um, and uh, in a lot, of, a lot of ways, we were too busy doing the build to actually enjoy the benefits. So uh, now we're getting to where we can um, really use the network and, and see some benefit from it. As far as... Uh, uh, are we where I thought we would be? Um, we had all hoped to be uh, finished with the build sooner, but realistically, um, I, I think we've done about the best we could. This is a, a 1100 miles is a lot to build in an urban setting. Um, you know, a lot of underground, a lot of concrete, a lot of things already in the ground, a lot of old things in the ground. There's a lot of older Huntsville infrastructure. And, uh, you know, sometimes you just don't know what you're getting into and, until you start digging it up. And um, so certainly construction is a, a messy, difficult business. And if you try to rush it, uh, you're going to have problems. So, um, so I think we've done well. We've had great folks at Huntsville Utilities managing um, this construction. Obviously, we used contractors to build this uh, with you know, such a, a large build in such a short time. Um, but we've got a great fiber operations team here at Huntsville Utilities that was able to kind of keep a watch on that and, and manage it. What I wish we could have done differently um, uh, when we were having our negotiations with Google, we, um, this was so new to us um, and, uh, and, and, and still we're not communications experts, but um, a lot of this was so new. We were 
kind of learning our way as we went. So um, I, I, I felt like we, we jumped off without fully knowing everything we needed. Um, but, uh, you know, sometimes that's the only way to get it done. You just have to get started and, and do it uh, ready or not. You know, you're not going to get ready until you have a reason to get ready. So uh, looking back, I wish we'd been a little more prepared as far as uh, understanding our make ready issues and maybe going ahead and getting started on, on make ready issues. Um, so, uh, but you know, overall it's, it's, it's done and it's worked and um, you know, we're, we're glad to, to now be the proud owners of a, a fiber network. <laughs> can you, can you share with us any technical processes that, that started off one way and then you realized it would work better another way um, that um, try and prevent others from making those mistakes? So I don't know that we substantially changed anything technically as far as our architecture, you know, we knew how we were going to build, um, you know, our, our backbone with the huts and, uh, and then the, the passive network out from the huts and we knew how our, our split ratios were going to be. So we didn't substantially change any of that. We, uh, we made a few tweaks to materials. Uh, one of the things that comes to mind, um, uh, we use uh, multi-service terminals, MSTs that uh, pretty common. So there's a, a tail or a, a service cable connected to that um, that goes back to your ISC. Now those those tails come in different lengths and they're connectorized so that uh, for easy construction. Um, we, we were ordering those as a combination. So you'd have all these MSTs with the tails. We started ordering those separately. So you have the MST and then you just have the different lengths of tails. It, it helped a lot with our stocking and with flexibility of installation. Um, so that's, you know, really a, a minor thing. Um, something that we didn't know much about at all were communications huts. So we went mm -hmm. through a, a lot of learning and obviously we used consultants to help us with that, but uh, you know, understanding what we would need to build and how we would need to build it. Uh, we, we, um, I, I wish we had known more about that before we got into it, just so that it would have been smoother. The term, the term hut seems kind of funny when I'm assuming that this is something that's built to withstand a, a tornado. Um, it's, it's built to be cool in your summers and things like that. So it's, it's quite a bit of engineering, I'm sure. Yeah, I, I, I like it because I always picture a little tiki hut, but right. it's, it's, it's not that at all. Like you're, you're right. It's, it's uh, built to su uh, sustain uh, certain forced winds and impacts and, uh, you know, has redundant air conditioning, has uh, uh, natural gas generators uh, for backup and, uh, you know, all sorts of things. So, yes, it's certainly not a hut. <laughs> <laughs> So um, one of the things that I, I have to assume is that people are coming to you and, and trying to figure out if they should do something like this. Uh, is that an experience that you're having? It is. We've had um, really since we, um, since we launched this and it became public and, and, uh, uh, and, and newsworthy, um, we've had a lot of different uh, calls from utilities and, uh, and, and utilities, especially we're in, we're in public power. So we, we share um, we, we like to talk about what we did, what we learned, um, and we ask each other, hey, you did this, uh, what did you learn? So, um, so that's the nice thing about public power is that we're a, uh, we all try to learn from each other. Well, you in, you in particular seem to be trading folks with Tennessee fairly regularly with uh, TVA and, <laughs> and other utilities within Tennessee. Uh, that, that's true. So uh, within TVA, we have even a, 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 you know, a, a stronger bond, I think, and, and more sharing. So we've had quite a few uh, municipalities and, and municipal utilities 
call and ask us, you know, uh, tell us more about how you did this. Uh, what'd you learn? What would you do differently? Um, how did you fund it? How did, you know, uh, different, different things like that. A lot of cases, they are actually looking at um, providing broadband services themselves. So that's a main difference in, in us and what a lot of folks are, are looking at. You know, I'm surprised to hear that. And I'm sorry, I'm sorry to cut you off, but I, my impression would be that at this point in, in almost 2021, if you're not offering service directly yet, you've probably been looking for a partner. But it sounds like the folks you're talking to are, are more, they are still interested in doing it themselves. Well, and I think a lot of those folks, too, um, and, and you mentioned, you know, Huntsville can't say, oh, we were the underserved community, so we had to build this. But mm-hmm. uh, but there are a lot of underserved communities, a lot of uh, a, a lot of municipal and, uh, and co-op uh, utilities have very rural areas. So so they are probably better suited to provide uh, broadband service than, uh, you know, already having a, a pretty significant infrastructure so um, I, I, maybe that's where that comes from. Um, I can't say for sure that all of the folks we've talked to have been rural or underserved areas because I, I believe we talked to some, you know, some more urban areas too. Um, and then actually, I wanted to get this in earlier and, and I forgot, but um, the estimate that I saw had thought that the build for your your side, you um, your electric department owns the fiber that you've deployed and then um, you lease that core to Google and others who are interested. And it was estimated that it would be about $70 million. And I'm curious if that was more or less where you ended. So overall, no, it ended up significantly higher than that. And and part of that was um, a, a lot of the make ready work that we didn't anticipate or had underestimated the, the cost of that. Um, when you look back at the cost, um, other folks in the industry say, well, no, what you built is pretty much in line with what we would expect. Um, mm-hmm. So uh, uh, I think we were, uh, we simply underestimated um, all that was involved in the build. Yeah, that makes sense because I was thinking seventy million is would be quite a bargain. <laughs> so. Yeah, yeah, uh, and you know I, we might have been able to do it in more of a rural setting, um, but uh, but with uh, um, you know all the issues you deal with a, a more dense and um, an urban setting, it, it you know it just inflates the cost. Is there anything else that that um, that I should ask you about before we wrap up? I can't think of anything else. Um, I, we, we've already covered, like I said, what, what most people ask is, would you do it again? Right. And that seems to be like the, the tell all question. And, um, and, and yes, we would do it again. I would like to be able to do a slower build. Um, I think costs could be managed better with a slower build and with a little more preparation time. Uh, we were, we were kind of under the gun and, um, and did the best we could. And I think our folks did a fantastic job. That's excellent. Uh, the group that I was that I'd interviewed a few weeks ago, uh, Lee Brown um, from Irwin, uh, they had done a, an incremental build specifically for that reason. It kept the cost down, but they also then um, you have to deal with that political challenge of someone has to wait six years rather than three years to get their internet turned on. So <laughs> it can be a challenge too. And it's still a political challenge to tell somebody they're at the end of three years. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure. Well, thank you so much for your time today, Stacy. I really appreciate it. Thanks, Chris. I enjoyed it. That was Christopher talking with Stacy Cantrell. We have transcripts for this and other podcasts available at muninetworks.org slash broadbandbits. Email us at podcast at muninetworks.org with your ideas for the show. Follow Chris on Twitter. His handle is at communitynets. Follow muninetworks.org stories on Twitter. The handle is at muninetworks. 
Subscribe to this and other podcasts from ILSR, including Building Local Power, Local Energy Rules, and the Composting for Community podcast. You can access them anywhere you get your podcasts. You can catch the latest important research from all of our initiatives if you subscribe to our monthly newsletter at ILSR.org. While you're there, please take a moment to donate. Your support in any amount keeps us going. Thank you to Arnie Hughesby for the song Warm Duck Shuffle, licensed through Creative Commons. This was episode 433 of the Community Broadband Bits podcast. Thanks for listening. <laughs>